The best chats are always the unscripted ones. There are interesting stories all around us, and here's one of them. Open your eyes, spectacular's right in front of you. <laughs> oh yeah, this is totally unscripted, so we never know where this is going to go. Dangerous. This is the unscripted perspective, Turn the and off. here's your host, Phil Parker. Phil Parker. Phil Parker. Phil Parker. Phil Parker. <laughs> Hello, hello, hello. It is another unscripted perspective with me, your host, Phil Parker. And of course, I have another incredibly awesomely fun guest. Kirsten, Jirsten Klein. I've, I've, I mean, I could try 15 times and probably get it wrong each time, but um, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing awesome. And you know what? I could probably get it wrong 15 times myself. My mother calls me Sherston. It's one of those crazy Swedish names that like jumbles up a whole bunch of uh, uh, consonants and nobody knows how to say it. So don't worry. But I mean, we even said it before I hit record and then right in the moment, I just completely screwed it all up. So yeah. it's just, hey, I don't care it, what you, you know, call me, it just is. Don't call me late for dinner. There you go. All right. Well, that's fair. That's a fair one. Um, so, uh, Sherston, here's the reality. You have a very eclectic background. Um, we've gone through some of that stuff. You're a serial entrepreneur. You're a business mentor. You've got a lot of stuff going on. So um, tell us a little bit about you, a little bit about your background so we can kick into the nitty gritty of, of you and where you've come from and all that. Well, let me give a huge shout out for... Um, uh, 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 Dr. Brackman, because I, it, uh, Doug Brackman it gave the idea of being a driven, um, which is uh, finally after 57 years, I was able to define myself. I am one of those people that I, I am going about six ways to Sunday. And um, I, I finally caught up with myself at some point and gave myself credit for the idea generation that I come up with kind of on a daily basis instead of punishing myself for like shifting gears, you know, between waking up at five in the morning and, you know, breakfast at noon. Um, I, I just, I, I'm one of those people that have, I'm a, a, a jack of all trades and I'm actually pretty good at a couple of them. <laughs> you know? And, uh, and so I just have a lot of exciting things going on and love every single one of them. I'm lucky enough right now to um, be able to, to channel some of that energy rather than to starting my own businesses, which tend to uh, drain me you know, financially and emotionally, um, into being able to channel that into mentoring other young business owners into doing um, what they are excited about doing with SCORE. Um, that's the Small Business Administration's kind of uh, offshoot um, for uh, a mentoring program for, for entrepreneurs. Um, and I, I kind of focus on doing as much as I can every day for my own businesses and helping other young entrepreneurs doing what they can for their businesses. Well, that's a very um, noble cause, but also um, pretty interesting considering what you what you just said about having many businesses. Um, so, tell me a little bit about that. I mean, you've 
I mean, most people are kind of happy with one business and pretty stressed out with one business. Um, you said you have many businesses. So um, tell me a little bit about the businesses that you're in and then kind of maybe we can elaborate on why you got into those businesses. Because for entrepreneurs who want to really start out on their own road to success, um, it's always a daunting thing picking your niche because for me i'm kind of i'm kind of into everything i love technology i love music i love business um i love podcasting i love speech i like to do i'd love to do a ted talk at, at some point i just don't know what the hell i'd be talking about um like i'm i'm very good with the presentation side of things i love to write um script writing or um stuff like that would be right down my street a copywriter job would be amazing like but good god how do i even get one of those but so there's a lot of things that people are good at and then it's trying to find or navigate um kind of what what business you could do um you just decided you know what i'm gonna have four five six whatever businesses you have like um tell me (laughs) tell me tell me about the thought process and kind of the from infancy to maturity of uh, of those. Okay, so honestly, you are amazing to start with, and, and that's that's one of the things I've really enjoyed listening to your podcast is what you've been able to do is take your passion for all these different things, and what you've done is connect them. Um, you can talk to anybody. I mean, I've listened to your podcast. I've been so amazed about how you can dive into conversations with an astrophysicist as much as you can with an artist, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, and, and that is, um, it, you have a unique ability to be able to dive into all these different venues. Um, and you're right, you probably wake up every day thinking about all the different businesses that you could do based around that. You are not unique, you are unique. Let me, let me be really clear, you're very unique but there are a lot of us out there like you. Right. Okay. You are one in a million and there are a million others like you. Right. I, is, I, I feel that. Yeah. <laughs> I and, feel it, that. And, it, and it is a compliment. There is, there is something about people who they generate all these, all this energy, all these ideas, and it either consumes you or it fuels you. Right. And I think I'm in the consuming point right now because um, I just, uh, we just spoke. Um, I have no problem sharing with the, my listeners that I've left my job after having some very um, intimate, detailed podcasts with some great coaches um, and uh, entrepreneurial minds. Um, it opened my eyes to some things that were holding me back mentally. Um, and my mental health is something that I've never prioritized. It's always been something that um, I forced myself to kind of just work through because it's like, um, I think everybody goes through this. It's it's a, well, I got to pay the bills, so I uh, can't just leave my job and do nothing. Um, how am I, you know, there's no other options for me. This is the best thing I'm going to find. The options out there are probably going to be the same. It's probably going to be the same kind of boss anyway. There's no point in leaving. I'm just going to go to work. 
and you you're miserable and you're depressed and you're not knowing why yeah so one of the things i love about your podcast is the unscripted nature of it because there's lots of things that you and i can talk about mm -hmm. and right now i think mental health is absolutely at the top of everybody's mind i run several businesses where i employ lots and lots and lots of people and the number one thing that I hear right now is I need to take care of me. I need to focus on my mental health. I need, you know, whatever it is. And, and we, I'm fortunate because I'm very sensitive. I'm very empathic. Um, we support all of our employees. You do you. Mm -hmm. I can tell you what I can offer you. I can tell you what I can help you do. If it means not being with us as a company, that's fine. Um, and, and mental health, I don't know if it is um, kind of like uh, in, the, in the early days of the ADD, ADHD diagnosis, if it's the fact that we are just finally recognizing that mental health is an issue, or if it's post-pandemic exponential growth in, in mental health issues. But mental health is an issue in our society right now 100 percent, yeah and i don't know necessarily that it is as bad in other countries as it is here but it doesn't really matter we so, need to deal with us now i'll speak to that because um it's a subject that comes up every time i raise mental health and we've veered off the road into the fields beside the road for a moment just to talk about this because the initial thing is obviously i want to know about your businesses but um Yes, me, I grew up in Ireland. Um, I was born in England. We moved when I was three years of age um, over to Ireland and I was raised there. Um, and Ireland is, has the highest male suicide rate per capita. What that means is basically, for those who don't know, uh, that means that based off of its population, um, it's male population versus every other male population, the percentage of people that commit suicide who are male, it is the highest rate of suicide in the world. What that is saying is that men, and I'm calling out all you men out there, um, you're not in touch with your feelings. And if you are, you're not talking about them. You're drinking them or you're smoking them or you're just not dealing with them head on and we're walking down a dark path where unfortunately you're you're a name on the obituaries page in a newspaper so it's um i've never kind of dealt with that subject head on like that before i've mentioned it a few times but it's the reality of the situation um it's something that's huge all over the world i think here, especially in America, it's brought to the forefront because for the longest time, I think um, people were afraid to talk about their mental health. That was something that was a taboo subject. It was always a weakness. If you ever said that you were going to therapy, it always a weak uh, for marriage or anything. It was always a weakness. If you said, um, oh, I'm going to couples counseling. Oh, oh my gosh. Are you guys okay? Actually, we're fine. We're perfect. We're actually taking control of our marriage and we're getting counseling because we need to communicate better, et cetera, et cetera. Or I'm, I'm seeking therapy because I'm wanting to put a gun to my head every morning. 
Um, you know, it's a real thing that happens to real people on a daily basis. Um, now the stigma is not so much attached. Um, I can tell you that the pill popping medical society that we have is starting to dissipate a little bit more. Um, it used to be you'd walk into a, a medical facility and say, I'm depressed. Okay, pick a pill. That's how they fix your problem. It was never counseling. It was never communicating. It was never dealing with something um, cosmic, whatever, whatever was going on. They never really recognized any other things that were going on. There's an ad on the radio right now for Kaiser Permanente in Oregon. Um, I'm not sure how national they are in, in America, but one of their things is they, they, they say they recognize that the body is connected in very intricate ways and that your mental health can be attached to your physical health as well as anything else. So you could be overweight and then your knee hurts and then because your knee hurts and you're overweight you're depressed and oh my gosh is that a revelation because that you're the first company to actually acknowledge that fact so yes getting back to the mental health thing yes 100 i agree with you mental health is a problem it's also um it's a subject now it never I, was and I, no and I, I absolutely agree and and i think one of the huge things. I'm a huge fan of cognitive therapy um, because we don't know how we think and we don't understand as a, as a whole, very often we don't understand the thinking traps we get ourselves into. Right. Yeah. And, and sometimes you don't necessarily need a drug to make you feel better. You just need to maybe back off and, and think things a little bit right. through. Right. Like, and, and, and have a few, like, you know, if, if the train is going off the rails, you know, um, it, it, and maybe there's a second to, to think things through. And we used to have, you know, parents used to be like, oh, my God, get over it. Okay. That's not maybe necessarily what we need to hear. Right. What we need to hear is, honey, you know, I, I used to teach my kids. My kids, um, they will laugh at me. I have two. I have a, I have a, a son and a daughter, both in, uh, you know, uh, in their twenties, and um, uh, they would they would come up to me, and oftentimes, you know, having had a catastrophic failure of some sort, physical or emotional, and I would look at them right in the eye and force them to think: Are you hurt or scared? And my daughter is sitting there like bleeding out the nose and the ears and whatever. And she's like, I'm hurt, mom. I'm hurt. You know? <laughs> but oftentimes they're just scared. They're just startled. Like nothing's actually wrong. They may have skinned their knee or they fell off their bike or whatever. But you need to be able to, to disengage from what is emotionally happening to be able to identify um, you know, we have this elephant that is going to drive us based on whatever it sees. If it sees a snake in the grass, it's going to jump. If it, you know, it, you know, it's this, this giant entity that is going to react to literally everything that scares it. 
and you're going to have the monkeys that try and make sense of all the shit that it thinks that is happening to it in its right. life. And we need to balance that. We need to understand we're not the elephant, we're not the monkey, right? We are something different. And we can take a minute to evaluate what the monkey, what the elephant is experiencing and not get you know, driven by it um, and, to, and to step back and to identify the stressors. The stressors in today's world, you know, for the most part in America, and, and I'm not going to say this, ever, it's certainly not true in Ukraine, certainly not true in, in a lot of places, but in America right now, for the most part, we are safe. There is nothing happening to us that right. is scary. There's a lot of things that could be scary, but they're in the future. Right now, today, we are not being bombed. We are not being um, attacked. There is nothing happening. We are creating 90% of the stress that we are experiencing today, right? In our minds, a hero, you know, a, a coward dies a thousand deaths. A hero dies one. We are, we are literally cowards dying a thousand deaths every day. You turn on the news, you get stressed out by everything that's happening, and it's triggering this elephant reaction of, oh my God, everything is going wrong. You put your heart up, your hand on your chest, and you know what? You look around, you're like, right now, in this world, right this second, I'm safe. 90% of us. I'm not saying everybody's safe. There's people out there right now who are struggling every day. I agree, 100%. And I think um, you hit the nail on the head. We are safe. Um, It's why I moved back from Ireland to America. Um, Not because I wasn't safe in Ireland, but because safe means so many things. Safe for me is knowing that I can go out and do DoorDash because I haven't made enough money this week at work. Uh, Or I can run to a pharmacy and know that pretty much all the stores are open still because the society that I'm in has a 24-7 pharmacy. Um, Safe can mean a lot of things for so many different people. Safe for people in the Ukraine right now is just... Uh, a house that isn't being bombed, which is a huge, um, sad thing that's happening in the world that that's even, even a thing, to be honest, um, safe for, for me, you, or anyone else is kind of that. It's just knowing that, you know, we're, we're good. I mean, if the only thing that's stressing you right, right now is, uh, uh, traffic on the way to work tomorrow, you're safe. Um, um, so Getting back to um, you acknowledging the fact that the world's gone to shit, hell in a handbasket and all that, you decided, hey, I'm just going to make a bunch of businesses and just screw everything. My mental health is good. Let's do this. So touch on the businesses that you're, you're kind of working on right now. Right. And how many is there just before we open um, that can of worms? So actually, I sort of lost count because um, I had a lot um, <laughs> Let's let's just say first of all, I I I have as you know, I've, I'm 57. I have had no fewer than four solid careers in my life, um, like full on invested um, careers, uh, and uh, they all inform everything I do every day. 
I, ha I haven't necessarily given up on any of them. Um, I am now fully vested in uh, my family's business. I'm married into it. Um, I, I own a ski shop with my husband. We are second generation. We own a uh, Willie's ski shop um, based out of Pittsburgh, but internet based. So if anybody needs ski stuff, I'm here for you. It's Pacific Northwest, already. baby. That's where it is. Uh, um, no. Well, so I grew up in Seattle. So, so I'm in I'm in Washington, um, right yeah, across. I saw you're in Vancouver. Yeah, yeah. So um, I will tell you right now that, good God, do people like to ski and snowboard and just hurl themselves down the side of a mountain over where I am do right you? now? Yeah, yeah. Do you? Is that something you do? Oh God, no, no. You won't catch me <laughs> on a board. Are you? I, look, hey. Um, I've, I, I, okay, we've already addressed the fact I grew up in Ireland. There was never a moment in Irish history that you're ever going to find a guy standing on a board going down a hill. Yeah, it's just not something that happens. Now, there's a ton of Irish people that I know that love to snowboard. I'm just, I'm quite happy to say I've never broken a bone in my life and I don't want to start I'm, now. No, I think you've missed out. I have to be honest with you. You've I probably have. I've <laughs> seen great videos, and I, I, my, I know, I know what's going to happen at some point. I just, um, I don't have anyone I know, and I'm not willing to pay anyone. I guess that much money to have the patience to show me. I think uh, that's the biggest thing. I absolutely hear you. Um, I was a sponsored snowboarder back in the '80s when it was kind of new and fun and. Um, uh, I, I, uh, I'd been a skier for years and, um, it was something new and different and, and why not try it? Right. And right. my first day I broke three ribs and I was a waitress trying to hold like, you know, the trays above your head with three broken ribs, a really bad night at work. <laughs> um, and I went back to skiing when I was at the University of Colorado and I was working for the ski team. I was the athletic trainer. I had been the athletic trainer for the national championship uh, football team. And I guess because I was good at my job, they gave me to the ski team and I thought it was a demotion. <laughs> um and uh, so I, I traveled the ski team, and at that point, I met my husband, who was the coach, um, and he said that his only desire was to go back to work in his family's ski shop. I thought, well, you know I'm applying for medical school, right? And he was like, I'll, I'll follow you wherever. And after I didn't get into medical school, I was like, well, now what do we do? And he's like, you want to go run a ski shop? I'm like, sure, why not? Right. Well, that's so, a, that's a great start to, to one of the businesses. Um, and, um, that's actually kind of funny that you, you said that you married your coach. Um, well, my he, wife, I my, was a medical staff. I was also technically a coach. We were, we were equals. We, this was not. <laughs> so, um, so, uh, backstory to me, um, my wife actually worked for me. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, it, okay. So before, before everyone jumps off the bridge, um, it, we, it, it all happened. We got together and everything happened um, after I left the company. And then I 
couldn't order her to marry me. I had to ask her. Um, <laughs> but um, um, legitimately, yeah, it's, hey, guys, I'm just saying, you know, 80% of your life is spent at work, so... Yeah, you know, my husband and I, so we met, it's actually a really good point. And I don't know where you and your wife are at this point. My guess is she's downstairs supporting what you're doing right now. So she's actually at work supporting what I'm doing right now. Okay. Um, sure. So, um, yeah, life, uh, she's a manager. She is very good at what she does. She works for a company, um, shout out to Wonderland in uh, Portland, Oregon. Um basically they are a nick arcade movie theater um uh depending on the location you have go-karts you have mini golf it's just a kids uh family entertainment business that's um uh, it's owned by mckee enterprises it's an amazing idea it's like um a family-run version of dave and buster if you know what dave and buster is so no girl i'm so proud of her that's so um so that's awesome it is it is it really is and the reason why it is is we left um she was promoted to manager um i got a um a phone call from from my sister um kind of distressed about some things going on with my parents um we made the decision to i'll rephrase that she made the decision that it was the best thing for our family and for me and my mental health to step up to the plate and um, she was okay with moving me, my then one-year-old, almost two-year-old, and herself to Ireland um, with a view to kind of just figure out what's going on. Uh, bear in mind, this was at the beginning of COVID, so we really didn't know, yeah. hey, yeah. what's happening? And then we got there and it was holy shit we're stuck here um so um what was supposed to be a temporary situation became a long-term situation um i mean we ended up getting to our goal and things worked out and all that kind of stuff and um there was a lot of family stuff that happened drama blah 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 you know the usual everyone has has their own kind of stuff going on um but um we moved back and um it within a day literally a, i'd say it was maybe a day two days as soon as we touched down in portland um wonderland and the um amazing people who are leaders over there um reached out to katie and said hey we want you back we're going to figure out how to get you back this is what's going to happen and now she's back doing what she does best so honestly i'm proud of her um it's I mean, similar story happened to me, um, but I'm I'm kind of in a transition. We just had that conversation. Um, I'm kind of in a transition where I need to I need to find my purpose. I need to find a better. I've got a lot of skills, and I feel like undermining myself is debilitating me mentally. So I'm now finding something that's enriching and I want to work for people rather and a cause and not some no-namers who I never see. And yeah, so um, she's out there making more money than I am, doing amazing. 
and I'm doing DoorDash, trying to make the difference up, and we're figuring it out. Well, first of all, let me give a huge shout out to Herb. I think that it's awesome. When a company wants you back, that means that you have um, uh, being part of a family. Our human need to belong is really important. And when, when, when someplace that you felt like you belonged wants you back, that's a, that's a huge, that's a huge, uh, uh, anchor. That's awesome. It is. It mentally, it makes you feel really good. Um, I know when I got the phone call, um, from advance auto parts, um, shout out to advance still love you guys. Um, uh, I, just was in awe of the fact that hey somebody re- uh, really appreciated me that much that they want to bring me back um um i made uh, you know everywhere i've gone i've made great connections it doesn't matter the company the companies look let's be real okay corporate america sucks there are people who work there that are absolutely amazing i have made friends i my the godmother to my little girl is a friend that worked for me at, at Hertz when I was an operations manager at Hertz for two and a half, three years. I can't even remember how long I was there. Um, but it was, uh, you know, these people stay with you and I've made more great connections everywhere I've gone. I've made great connections. Now, whether I've left the company or not, it makes no difference to me, but it's like I say, the faceless people who make those decisions that are questionable at best, but they're, they're kind of rooted in finance and numbers and data and stuff like that. Um, they're the people that I don't really care for. So, um, the, yeah, that, that, that brings us to another whole conversation where we've kind of touched on a lot of different things. (laughs) Haven't we? It's only 29 minutes in guys. Buckle up. We've got so much more time to go that, but those people are just people too. And I think one of the things that's important is we need to remind corporate America, we are just people. America, America, we're just people. And, you know, I think that the political strife that we're going through is this whole thing is people aren't feeling heard and seen. The young people today aren't feeling heard and seen. And honestly, they would rather go live in their parents' basement because they honestly don't see path forward to living in a nice house and and having a family and putting their kids in private school they don't see a path forward for that so they'd rather just be a barista and live in their parents basement and take care of their parents who love them and they love you know there there's this i mean you know used to be you know you couldn't wait to get out of your parents house so like oh my god my parents i can't stand them well kids these days like their parents and they don't mind spending time with their parents. I'm living in my in-laws house just so we're on the same page. <laughs> right? I, I literally, I, I own multi-million dollar businesses and I spend every vacation with my mother-in-law. I absolutely love her. I go, I live with her four days a week because we live uh, up at our, um, you know, one of the, the business locations we have, she has a house right there. I have no problem. I love the relationship I have with my uh, in-laws, with my own parents. You know, um, 
but living living with your parents is not a bad so here's here's the why and i think people need to hear this because um if you're lucky enough to have your parents if you're one of the lucky ones and your parents are reaching out and they're offering themselves as a support system for you 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 need to hold your hands up and thank whatever you believe in because i will tell you this um i've moved my family across the world twice and in doing so i have met some miracle people who have stood there and supported us but my mother-in-law and my father-in-law have taken us in to allow us to stand on our own two feet again, which in this economy is questionable at best because the cost of living has gone so high. So right now, um, we are living with my in-laws. My wife and I are doing whatever it takes to get a dollar um, within reason. (laughs) Um, And we're working on, number one, getting anything that was accrued debt that may have floated that we didn't realize or forgot about, gone. And we're also working towards getting our own place, whether that be renting or owning, hopefully owning, but we're not kind of hung on that yet because it's, I mean, who knows what's going to happen, but we're not going to overstay our welcome, even though the welcome has been extended for however long we need. Um, if you're lucky enough to have that, it's it's a gift. It's a gift. And yeah, you're right. The stigma of living with your parents is now gone, but the purpose of living with your parents maybe is askew in some scenarios. Um, if you're living with your parents, serving them, well done you, because, you know, the world goes round and you're repaying a debt because if for being honest, I owe my family, my parents, my in-laws a lot for how how I am as a person, where I've come, how successful I am, everything. So um, if you're doing that, amazing. Um, if you're trying to build like we are, again, credit to you, not everyone loves living with their in-laws and their parents. So um, you're you're taking a handout that mentally might stress you out because your parents may not have the same values that you have developed through your life as an adult, um, how you want to raise your kids, for example, or whatever. But um, do right by you, do right by your family. And remember that these people are the ones that gave, gave you life and have a little bit of grace, as I always say. And that's the biggest thing that you can do in this wonderful world that we live in right now um like you said not everybody not everybody has that gift of living with your parents or not um but i just wanted to kind of highlight that because for me um i've mentioned it a couple times i've kind of said that i live with my in-laws but i haven't given a reason behind it and i think this is a perfect forum especially with you um because you know it's it's a big deal like you, you know why is he living with his parents? What's going on there? Because <laughs> yeah. um, I like to play video games all day and sit in my boxers and um, and watch uh, Netflix. It's uh, really cool, right. guys. I mean, we, ha- we have this image of somebody sleeping in the basement watching, you know, you know yeah. playing video games. I've finished Netflix twice. 
Just so yeah, we're in right. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I have not. I have not done that. Yeah. No, uh, um, you know, uh, and, and that's something that, you know, I think it really comes down to communal living, regardless of what it looks like. Keep in mind, it's only recently that America, not even in Europe, ever thought that single home living was the norm. Most people lived in some communal home living, whether it was an apartment complex, whether it was a um, duplex, whether it was, you know, dorm living, that kind of stuff. That was the norm. You know, this expectation that we have 2.2 kids, a car for every one of those kids, a cell phone for every one of those kids, a, you know, the, the expenses that were expected in today's society to maintain are far beyond what we would, you know, it has nothing to do with the economy. The economy is freaking fine. It has to do with the, what it takes to live in today's world. Well, so, um, I don't want to get off onto the, um, disagreement side of this conversation, but I will say, um, it is the economy because, your somebody has to control something and your economy is controlled by your politicians and your politicians aren't aren't standing up and being counted let's be honest so the fact that the fact that rent in the state of washington um for a three-bedroom house has in two years gone from fourteen hundred dollars to a minimum of $2,500. Yeah, Tell me how that is livable. And while we're saying that, the wage has not really matched that increase. So you're telling somebody that, and this is global. This isn't just America. So we're on the yeah, same page here. This is a global problem. It's not a America problem or a Washington problem or a Florida problem or an Ohio State problem. Whatever the hell you, wherever you are, it's not a a singular uh, problem. We will get to your the other businesses, by the way. I know we're like yeah, we're just like off roading over here. And, and you know what? I'm absolutely excited to talk about these things because I'm at, this actually feeds very much into. I'm a small business and I have to pay my people and they have to right. survive. So, so this is a, a huge subject for them. So, you know, the cost of living, um, bringing that up, I mean, the cost of living has rendered some businesses just finished because they can't afford to pay their people. Um, it's, it's just too high and nobody is addressing it. That's my biggest thing is nobody is saying, okay, hey guys, I totally understand that you think your house is worth 2500 a month. But let's be realistic here. What the f- do you think is so good that in two years your house, even though it's gotten older, it has gone in up in value that much? I mean, yeah, I, you're, looking, it, it, you're looking at house prices going from a house that was purchased for 350000 is now worth 680000 I'm like... Look, we have to, there ha- the bubble will burst eventually. I, I know it will, but it's, you know, everybody has to calm down. Every, like, this, like, I get it. Po- we all point the finger at the politicians, but they have to sit down around a table and figure this out because they, we can't keep going 
down this road. Um, the definition of insanity. This, uh, yeah, no, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. And guess what? We did getting, this in the French Revolution. Yeah. Do we really need to do it again? Correct. Like, like, like I, I'm with you. And, you know, and, and I have to be honest with you, you know, when, when you look at it from, and again, I'm looking at it from a business perspective. Right. Um, and, and, and I care about every one of my employees in any of our businesses. We're very intimately involved with each one of them. If they can't make their bills meet, I mean, I feel it intimately. I'm there taking care of their dog or, you know, helping, you know, with right, you know, right, whatever right. it is on a day-to-day basis. I mean, I am living middle America. I'm Western Pennsylvania. I am literally living middle America every day. And I, I get to the point where I look at something like the writer's strike, the UPS slash, you know, uh, the, the, the transportation strike. Um, I get that it was averted. I'm not sure that it was necessarily a good deal for everybody all around, but the net result is labor needs to be rewarded at this point. I'm sorry, but there is nobody in this world. There is no CFO. There is nobody in this world that is worth all of the dollars that are being paid up above. I agree 100%. Yeah. They come down to this fact that they say, we made a decision in our country several years ago. Somebody smarter than me will probably tell you exactly when. In my mind, it was in the late 80s, early 90s, where the stock market became king, where people decided that they were beholden more to their stockholders than they were to their labor force. And that's when we started stripping life out of the labor force in America anyway. Now, do you know, do you, not to, not to, not to stop you, but do you know what actually happened with that UPS thing? So I really, I, I honestly, a lot of it came out this afternoon, right? When I was trying to plan on making sure I was ready for the podcast. Okay. So I'm going <laughs> to fill you in on what, um, Please do. I, I so I was it. actually listening, doing DoorDash, shout out to the DoorDashers out there. Um, I was listening to the radio and one of the things that they were asking for was AC in the trucks. No, I heard that. I was like, are you kidding me? I was like, the, they don't have I'm air like, conditioner in their trucks? I'm, I'm sitting there going, that makes so much sense. Every oh. time I see these guys, they are sweating buckets. And I'm just like, what the who? Okay, first of all, UPS, I don't care. I don't care if you're listening or not. Um, I will I will stand by this statement. Who is in UPS as a top director, market person, um, HR that hasn't that decided no AC? Like who decided AC was not a necessity? Okay, I'm in I'm in the Pacific Northwest, so yeah, okay, it's it's hot here right now. It's summertime, okay? But um w- you know, for the rest of the year, we're we're not terrible. You know, uh, I it's arguable that the UPS drivers in the Pacific Northwest could probably be okay without AC every what other car? month of the year, what right? What car is sold? Tell me a car that's sold without AC right now. 
Um, I, mean, you, I don't think there is it. one. I don't think there is one. Unless it's like okay, we'll we'll be specific. Um, a newer manufactured car. Every one of them has AC. Um, yeah, so who removes that from no. a? Right. Like what? Okay, I'm. Um, first of all, uh, kids, close your ears. Um, what heartless bastard decided it was what? a good idea? What masochist decided that there should be no AC? I mean, that should have been a feature 10 years ago. Um, I drive around with AC on just, okay, I melt above 72, I'm Irish, okay? I so no, it doesn't matter. It's These like, it's a comfort hard. thing. It's a right, comfort thing. Matter. Why are um, you not no. saying, hey, okay, first of all, uh, UPS drivers do not get paid that well, okay? Number one. Number two, they are handling packages that are probably more important than um, arguably some of them with the amount of things that we send and the things that we send. Um, there was a massive documentary about UPS, what they carry, what kind of packages are being sent nowadays, the value of these packages, all that kind of stuff. So they're handling millions and millions of dollars of our stuff every day and we don't want to give them fucking ac so they're comfortable while they're doing it okay you know i have to be honest with you i mean i just i don't even get it and and i get that the doors both open up and stuff like that who I, cares i, I have the window open matter. with no ac yeah, on now, and i'm roasting i i don't care if somebody says oh the carbon footprint i'm sorry the carbon footprint of the, uh, make them ev vehicles i don't really care how it, it, it was so shocking to me that I was like, I'm sorry, they don't have AC. Like, I, I mean, that seemed like such a simple request. Like, why wasn't that one of those ones where somebody went, done? Mm -hmm. Like, like, so sorry we missed that. Done. But here's the thing is it's going to end up costing people jobs because they can't retrofit those vehicles with AC. Hey, so, you know what that just did? You know what? You, here's here's the reality of this, and this is this is where America it comes to the forefront as being one of the greatest countries in the world. Here's the why: UPS. Guess what? I'm going to create a business. That business is retrofitting old piece of shit trucks that you decided to purchase, <laughs> and yep. I'm going to do it for. How much were you quoted? Okay, I'm going to do it for half the price because I know how. Yeah. Uh, you know and what you I'm don't have to, well. you don't know, you don't know the value that I bring to the table, but you will when you look at the cost of buying brand new trucks for all these unionized workers that you just had a strike with. Yeah. So, Mr. UPS owner, CEO, here's my company. Take it or leave it. Oh, by the way, we're going to go national just so we can do this. And we'll have that going in two weeks. Yeah. And that's, you know what? I have to and that is America. America in general. And that's why, I mean, when you talk about Cold War, global warming, all of these things, we're facing a lot of scary stuff right now. Right. But people like me with these entrepreneurial minds where we don't sleep at night, we solve problems. We can solve this, whatever it, I mean, we've got a lot of, a lot of stuff to deal with in this world right now. 
Right. We can do it. Right. I, I literally, I'm the most optimistic person. There is somebody smarter than me that can solve the problems we are facing. We just have to give them the chance. We are going to do it. You know that guy who he doesn't do his homework, doesn't do his homework, doesn't do his homework, and literally the night before the final comes up with this amazing term paper? Yes, that was me. That's America. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I apologize. Exactly. And, and, I am the lazy dude that just decided, hey, I'm just going to write this. And exactly. uh, yeah. So we're, we're, I mean, we have to be, I get it's scary and it's nasty. We're going to be pushed up against all of these just major, major deadlines, problems. I mean, all of this stuff. But we are, I believe in the human spirit. I believe fully that. We don't do a great job of seeing what's coming and trying to plan for it. But in the end, you know, we're going to protect what, you know, we're going to let lots of species die. That's sad. I'm pissed about that. I wish we wouldn't. I wish we'd pay attention to, to things. Um, we're going we're gonna to let a lot of things slide. But I, I, I honestly believe that when it comes down to it, that our human spirit, especially Americans, are going to rise to the occasion and fix the problems that are out there. Well, so here's, um, as I get comfortable, <laughs> um, here's, uh, here's something that I want to tackle because we're, we've gotten really deep and my listeners right now are going, holy shit, I got to go to work. Um, this is gone. I'm going to have to hit pause on this fucking thing. And now um, I still don't know what she, what other businesses she has. So. <laughs> okay, so um, let's hit pause on the dramatic conversation that we're in right now because honestly this is a conversation that i think the whole world is having right now and i i love that i'm having it with you you're amazing uh your your mind is very like mine i, I that's the collaborative minds are are definitely working together tonight um but i do really want to tackle um the other side of this which is you started this amazing snowboarding business or you joined it and you decided that, Hey, I want to do more. So what more are you doing? And just even if, because I know we're kind of creeping into the hour and you're, it's late your side of the world. So um, just so we're touching on the other things, because this is this, you're, you're amazing. Like, first of all, um, you're everything that you're saying is a hundred percent. I'd work for you. So um, I want to know what, what other businesses you have because CEOs and entrepreneurs everywhere, if you're listening to this, this is the value that you need to bring to your employees. This is the small, the small things that matter. Like these things are what make the difference is knowing your employees, knowing what they, what they care about, knowing their, knowing they exist. There's the, there's the key right there. Like, um, they don't exist. Uh, my favorite phrase that my wife tells me every day, whenever I go for a job interview or anytime I'm talking about starting a career, um, she always says, um, 
you you work to live, you don't live to work. So the key to that sentence is that people now, while they value their their employers to a certain extent, their employers are now being forced into a situation where um, recruitment and everything, now it's not just about how much money you make. It's about the value and the work-life balance and everything because people have been sitting at home for two years being able to do stuff from home and they're being told, hey, you got to get off your ass and go back into the office now. And um, they're being greeted with, uh, fuck, no, I don't. And um, this is where we're at. Like, you don't have that anymore. So um, I'm going to fuck up your name again. Here we go. Uh, Kirsten. Kirsten, yeah. So, um, so actually, I, I, you know, I, I listen to you talk and I feel like I could go six ways to Sunday. Let me first say that when I lived in Australia, I learned a very important social lesson. America is not the workforce of the world. The, the mental approach in America, our thought is, our moms used to tell us, I don't care if you're a bank robber, just be the best damn bank robber, right? Jesus, <laughs> right? your mom said that to you? Okay. <laughs> Holy shit. Is your mom still with you? Because I want to meet that woman. That is amazing. Holy crap. (laughs) Hey, if you you want to be a bank robber, just be the best goddamn bank robber in the world. Oh, my God. Um, Wow. Okay, cool. But the point is, is that it had to be about being the best. Whatever it is you chose to do, it was like, be the best. Right? Right. And Americans think that that is normal. Let me just share with you, the rest of the world does not think of that as normal. When I was in Australia, it was very shocking to me. Now, Australians may disagree with me, and I get that. I lived in Australia in the 80s, and it was, it, 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 this was an American take on things. So if anybody disagrees with me, I'm absolutely fine to hear it. But their take on things was more a a, a factor in in your job. Mediocrity was fine. Do your job. Right. You don't have to be the best. Just do your job. Do the job. Show up and do your job. Yeah. And when people, when you met somebody and they say, what do you do? They didn't ask you what your profession was. They asked what your passion was. Right. Oh, I'm a surfer. Well, I also happen to be a bank robber. (laughs) Or a, yeah. or, or, or a, a garbage man or whatever. Right. But they asked what your, what your passion was, not what your profession was. In America, we ask what your profession is, not what your passion is. And, and, and I think in mentally, Americans are getting to the point where we're like, wait a minute, I need to have a life outside of my profession. Right. And if my profession is taking all of my emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical strength, and I'm just sucked dry and I freaking watch TV for the last two hours of my day, that's not a life. Right. And I am lucky enough that the, the, the businesses that I own are super exciting. 
super fun. People love what they do with me, right? I own a ski shop. I mean, who, I mean, you know, whenever anybody gets stressed out, I was like, you know, you sell skis for a living, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is really fun. Um, you know, we own a technology company that helps sell skis for a living. You know, we own you know, uh, 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 buildings and, you know, and stuff where, I mean, it's a bar. It's a, it's a, you know, we, Mezcal, they like have fun there. <laughs> like it's not, it, you know, um, you know, but the net result is your, your passions have to, have to have a financial basis. We have to, con we have to, con um, uh, provide for the community around us. Right. Right. You know, we have to, we have to offer something up to the community. Right. But that doesn't have to define us. Um, you know, we have, there's six general human needs in this world. And that is, you know, the need to be safe, the need to be unique, the need to belong, um, uh, the need to, uh, have adventure, uncertainty, whatever you want to, however you want to name it, um, the need to contribute and the need to grow. Those are the six basic human needs, right? Yeah. Your job can offer a lot of opportunities. The place where you earn a living can offer some major opportunities to provide some of those, uh, you know, for those needs. But they're not going to provide for all of them. And so you have to strive to find your own way to provide for those. For me, it is, you know, my need to contribute. I start businesses where people can work and where people can can flourish or that they provide services, you know, you know, and 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 this goes back to, you know, some of those, you know, those concepts that we've been talking about. The world is not a dark and scary place. The world is amazing. We have so much so many people are so focused on the shit that's happening in today's world. At the same time, there are really amazing things happening right now. Yeah. We need to focus on those. Focus on what's happening for you personally. If, you know, if the world is, you know, if you're leaving your job, for example, because it's stressful and ugly, get it. Get out. That's not healthy for you. So when you leave, look at all of that abundance that's coming to you. Might not be financial just yet, but you'll find a way. Mm -hmm. You're doing this amazing podcast. We all know what this does, you know, in, in the world right now. Content right now is king. People want to hear the messages that you have to say because they are also striving for the same things you're striving for. They want to hear success stories. They want to see you do it. So you are a, a, a um, uh, 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 a path builder, a, you know, in, in skiing, you know, you're, you're cutting a path, you're cutting the trail for other people to follow you, for them to do, you know, maybe you know, it, whatever it is, you know, there's lots of ways to make a living, to make a dollar, whether it's DoorDash, whether it's Uber, whether it's, you know, there's lots of gig work out there available these days. Right. We have a lot of talents. Humans are amazingly resourceful. 
corporate America is not necessarily the be-all, end-all. And in the end, it's the excitement that we all bring to the table. The pandemic shook everything up. We're all feeling the mental health issues with that. But in the end, if you look deep inside yourself, you're going to know the path that you want to take to get you to the other side. And that is going to make society stronger. Right. So I think the biggest thing, um, I think the biggest thing for me about everything that you just said is you're 100% right. Like it's, it's a, it's a culture that we need to change. It's a culture that we, we as, we as human beings need to just realize that if we're in, if we're in business, we got to kind of shift where we're kind of aiming our uh, efforts and uh, minds, because look, you can't do it on your own. So, Hey, CEO, go serve um, a million customers on your own. See how that works. Um, Value your people more. Um, And we made this decision years ago. um, And in this, this happened with the stock market, uh, you know, don't get me wrong. I'm involved in the stock market. I love the stock market. I don't have a problem with it. But the fact of the matter is, is that companies have made this deferral and say, oh, we owe it to the shareholders. And I'm going to pay the CEO gazillions of dollars so that the shareholders are protected. But screw labor. And mm. labor is not, it, the, the whole idea is that labor is not kept up with things. In one of my companies recently, we raised, uh, post-pandemic, we raised wages two to three times above what we had been paying. Mm. All right. Now, we shifted our, uh, in all fairness, we shifted how we paid things. We used to pay commissions. We took the commission concept out. We're like, we're just going to pay you for what you do, you know. We're not going to tie it to some sale because God knows whatever happens. Some people buy, some people don't, whatever. We're going to pay you for what you do, right? I didn't know for a fact that we could make it. I mean, I did all the cash projections. I did all the, you know, I, I really thought the whole thing through. And I was like, I think we can do this. But I honestly didn't know. I said, honestly... I would rather go down with the ship knowing that we've given our people what they deserve and what the, the, you know, what the market should be able to bear. What business was that? Just, um, just, that was our ski shop. So, so here's a, here's the, um, here's my thought process in that. Um, number one, never, never underestimate the power of, uh, people. Um, but, um, what I, what I think is amazing about your desire to help, um, the people that work for you is that you're willing to go down with the ship. Um, as an entrepreneur, you can't go down with the ship, but, um, I, I acknowledge that that was your, your goal was to survive, take care of your people. And if you go down with the ship, then at least you can kind of say, I went down with the ship because shit went down and I didn't want my people to suffer. So well done you. Um, What I would say is 
what's very undervalued right now is connections. Um, your community is is your workforce. You your internal customer right now is as big as your external customer. I think absolutely. So when you say that to your internal customer, aka your employees, that hey, I'm gonna put a bet on you to do the job that you've been hired to do. I'm not gonna hang it on a commission note that may or may not happen. I'm gonna give you the belief that you can do what I hired you to do. That's a big bet for any any entrepreneur to do. That's a huge bet. That is like I'm gonna give you the keys to the to the Ferrari and I'm gonna let you drive. Right. Um but you're still going, so it obviously worked. Um and, and honestly, it, it allowed us, stepping up to the plate allowed us to, I mean, we hire high school kids who come in with no experience. And they sell high-end merchandise. And they've got doctors and lawyers who are talking to them, who are hanging on every word. These are 16-year-old kids who are like, man this is the greatest ride you're and they know all they, they have all of the data they know exactly you know they're they're well trained these kids are so into what they do and what they sell and doctors and lawyers you only go to your doctor or lawyer when you have to right right, right. these doctors and lawyers are coming to these 16 year old kids because they want to right and I think um telling them yeah. what's there. But here's the here's the thing with that. Anyone that's um into sales training, which is something that's in my forte, in my wheelhouse, because I've been a business manager for so long, sales training is something that I've always done. One of the things that I always say to people is experience sells. And so if you have so something I've always been good at is selling. And it's not because I can sell. It's not because I'm a salesman. It's because I'm a good communicator. And it's because I wear my heart on my sleeve with everyone I talk to. I don't hide anything. It's probably, I suppose it's a, it, it's one of my, it's one of my weaknesses and one of my biggest strengths is what I, what I always say is because um, I'm invested into pretty much every individual that I connect with, whether that be a customer for 10 minutes or a customer for an hour, I'm giving everything I have to this person because I don't know what they want, but I remember them afterwards. And when they come in with their kids, I'm, I'm able to word drop, name drop, whatever, because I'm, oh yeah, you were in yesterday and you got the Hot Wheel. How's that Hot Wheel? Or how's that thing? Um, and that's the biggest thing. The experience is what sells. If you turn around and you say, um, for example, um, hey, I have this product and it works really good. Okay. How do you know that it works really good? Oh, well, it says it on the bottle. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, so the company says that it's really good and they say that it's a good product. Oh, okay. Versus, hey, man, so um, two of these things... Um, you got Meguiar's, we're going to go auto detail product for a second. Um, so we got Meguiar's um, detailer, or um, I have, actually, I have, um, I have turtle wax as well. Now, being completely truthful with you, they're both the same thing. 
but I sell this turtle wax and it's on sale right now. So you can buy two, two for the price of one. Same, same product. I mean, Meguiar's is really good, but hey, um, you can buy two for the price of one. Um, so you're going to be able to do more with this. Oh, great. That's awesome, dude. That's really cool. I'm, so I can get two for the price of one? Shit, I might get four because that's really cool. That's a really good deal. Uh, I might do the wife's car as well. Oh, yeah, that's a great idea. Um, did you need sponges or anything? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, I tell you, don't get that sponge over there because it's, it's, it's awful. Um, get the other one next to it. Uh, I used that last week when I was washing, washing my wife's car. And honestly, um, the one that was bad, uh, it took an extra half hour to do. So if you do this one, it won't be as bad. Oh, okay, cool. That's a great idea. You're talking to them like you know them. You're talking to them. You're, they've bought into the experience. They've literally bought into your story saying that you washed your wife's car and you cleaned their car, which is what they're about to do with their car. And they're saying, man, this guy just basically sold me something cheaper. And they sold me two of them versus selling me something more expensive. So he's... He's definitely invested in me. What he doesn't know is that turtle wax was bought in by the company for cents on the dollar. So the profit margin on that, even though you're buying one, get one free, is so huge that I made the company more money by doing that. It's a net result. And this is, this is the piece that you're talking about is you're talking to them about what they actually need and what actually will work for them and the emotional connection between all of that. And it's the I same with your snowboards. Yeah, you're talking exactly. to a 16 year old that's literally going, dude, this is the best fucking snowboard you're going to get on. And yeah. I'm not even j joking to you. I was on Mount hood, like literally last week and I've tried pretty much all the boards and this one, man, it felt like I was snowboarding on silk. It was amazing. And the control, like I was able to do everything I needed to do. I was able to maneuver a lot better than I normally am on, on the snowboards I've used in the past. Like, you're going to love this thing. Oh, yeah. shit. I'll get two of them. And it's listening. <laughs> you know what I mean? And right now, people are starving for connection because we do 90% of us work from home. I honestly believe in homework being you know i think we can be more productive i think we don't need to spend all that time in traffic i'm all for all the professions right now that are working from home but here's the thing that you can't do from home you can shop from home i get it but you can't connect from home correct you can connect yes you can use facebook you can use whatever we can i mean we're connecting over you know um you know uh, you know, it, digitally, those things are fine. And, and, and I think it's an amazing opportunity that we have globally right now. Right. But we still need physical human interaction. And you know what? I would far rather have that in a dynamic, fun environment, like shopping for a hobby than I would in literally any other environment, right? I mean, yeah. how fun is that to actually be sit in front of somebody and have them fit a ski boot and have them custom make it work 100% for you 
rather than back and forth and back and forth and back and forth from the internet. Now, don't get me wrong. I sell stuff on the internet too. I'm absolutely fine with that. I will work with people digitally as well. There's ways of making it work, but nothing replaces that intimate feeling of, hey, I've got you. I'm here for you. Right. Physically, immediately. And there has been a fear since COVID that brick and mortar was going to die. And I can tell you right now that is not the case because um, it's alive and well, and people are valuing that connection that we're talking about even more so because we've been without it for so long. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that I take out of this is that um, when you go to a store, okay, so not every brand has done well um, with this. So um, they haven't really pivoted and uh, established that hardcore, yeah, we need to give value to the customer ethic. Um, so they're not doing so well because the people are coming back and they're like, well, shit, you don't want my business. So I'm going to go somewhere else. Um, but, um, the people who have done well are, uh, excelling amazingly. So just value your customers like seriously. Okay. So we started, um, I would say 10 minutes into this podcast, I asked you about all the other businesses. That we <laughs> We're now an hour and 12 minutes in, and I still only know that you sell snowboards. So I'm going to nail you down right now. What is, tell me the list, give me a list of the businesses that you do, and just a quick little thing of what that business is and what you're selling. Just because right now, I'm just thinking to myself, I, I could talk to you for two more hours, and it would be amazing, but you... And yeah, we, 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 we do probably, yeah. So... Um, we have a technology company. We um, uh, uh, support a, a dear friend of ours that uh, that runs a um, uh, point of sale system that uh, covers restaurants, retail. We have awesome. to be a, a beta tester for them for our retail environment. Um, we own a publishing company. We own a consulting company. We own real estate. That is a big part of our, I guess, portfolio, whatever. Um, uh, um, trying to think of what else. Uh, there, there's a, a couple of other odds and ends kind of in there. Um, and, you know, it. they basically all support one another. I guess that's one of those things is, when, when you're a small business owner, you look for ways that you can support and make, why do I go to a third party? We own an importing company. We own, you know, um, uh, you know, we own a, a couple of different brand names, you know, like why not do it yourself? If you're, why pay a third party? There are some places where paying a third party is beneficial for you. Right. There's a certain part where you might as well just invest in it and do it yourself. Right. You know? um, and, and, and I think that's what's important is, I mean, we're very, I guess, I want to say we're vertical at the same time we're horizontal. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. You know, um, I mean, my own personal background, um, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of is that I have an, an incredibly um, eclectic personal background that I came to before I came to my husband. Mm. Um, you know, he and I, he was a, he was a small business and entrepreneurial, um, uh, major. My background was in medicine. Um, you know, um, and, uh, 
I really thought actually that I was going to be a doctor. I was kind of surprised when I found out that the, that, that the medical profession was not going to accept me as a doctor. <laughs> um, uh, but my background and my heart is still in sports medicine. Um, I started in this world in, in farming because of my family. I went into entertainment. I was a, a model and an actress for the first huge chunk of my life um, with, you know, um, uh, a number of uh, uh, what I consider to be fun successes. Um, you know, I've, I've published a book, um, you know, so writing is still an incredibly important aspect of my life. Um, but all of these things kind of feed into the same thing. It seems like it's a, kind of this chaotic mess, but it isn't. They all feed the same main goal, and that is to serve the people and the interests, the people around me and the interests that I pursue. You know, so whether I'm playing my guitars and, you know, and, and creating music, um, you know, adding to the, um, the the retail world whether it's product that i'm curating for our shop you know whatever it is they all serve the same basic purpose and that is exposing the world to excellence you know helping people find themselves um you know i love the fact i'm a a, a small business um mentor for score which is um uh I have to admit, I forget what all the the, it's the acronym is. Acronym. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I, I, am embarrassed that I, I score. I can't yeah, I can't remember what the acronym is. I know that the R stands for retired, which I'm not. <laughs> um, the S is for small business. Anyway, I'm. A, it's part of the small business administration. It's an awesome super thing. cool organization related to excellence. There we go. Uh, there, I like that. Let's go with that. Um, <laughs> hey, that's hey, I, I made it up on the spot, but it works. There you go. I tell, I, I help other um, small businesses succeed in what they want to do, based on my, you know, um, you know what what I've learned over the years. And when it really comes down to it, is I just have a high need to just keep moving, and. If I, you know, those ideas, if I can help other people put their ideas into perspective, if I can help make, you know, the world a better place, you know, that's kind of where all that energy is just going. Well, to be honest, um, that's, you've taken, you've kind of left me speeches there, speechless, uh, which doesn't happen often. Um, but it's a, uh, I'm like, well, to be honest, uh, you're everything that you've done, everything you're doing, it, it makes sense. It's uh, like you said, it's kind of chaotic, but it's not really like um, for me, you have a snowboarding shop and you have all these things that you it's kind of like a musician just like going to all these um, recording studios or whoever um and they all say no and they just go well screw you guys i'm gonna do it myself and they create their own so it's kind of the same concept you've just gone through it with a snowboarding business and realized that you can do a lot of the stuff that you would normally outsource yourself so um publishing you probably have if you haven't why don't you um 
a a snowboarding magazine or pub whatever each you know you have a publishing company that's a perfect opportunity to support your business you know all these different things these different facets of your business um you call it chaotic i call it smart business i think it's very intelligent of you to do that if you're in if you're able to do that not everyone is has the um entre entrepreneurial capacity to be able to do all those things um uh, because um you know I i've had many business owners many ceos um on here and one of the things that they always say is surround yourself with people who can do shit better than you can and um you'll be successful because um if you're you're you have the best idea in the world but you have to build a website you have to do this you have to do that and you don't know how to do any of that shit or you can do it media in mediocrity um if you surround yourself with people and hire people that can do shit better than you then those components that you may be lacking in you can excel in your business can excel in because you've networked and created something even better and basically you've just done that you've made your business a one-stop shop for yourself going forward and your success so any of your creations are self-made and you're not outsourcing just to get the necessities you need to keep surviving in a world that was for a long time kind of uncertain well and you and you know you're spot on on so much of that stuff and i think i think that there's so many people out there who have a ton of really great ideas. Ideas are great. And what it takes is figuring out what it takes to make those ideas something that serves the population around you. You know, um, because a lot of people have great ideas and they don't really actually do anything for anybody else. Right? Right. Um, and unless they help someone else, they aren't actually a great idea. I mean, you might say like, oh, I want to, you know, make a, 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 a food business that makes seafoam taste like cotton candy. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> who wants that? <laughs> like, well, no I one do. I know. <laughs> I want that. What, what, are you, exactly. what world are you living on that you don't want that? <laughs> right. I'm, jo I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Yeah. Um, you know, so the net result is, is what do you bring to society and how can we make, you know, and, and the people who are really driven, they have all these amazing ideas. They just don't know how to get them out on paper. Right. And that's one of the things is, is it does take discipline. I will have to tell you that I have to rein in. I, I, I probably wake up every morning with 36,000 ideas. And I have to remind myself, I have to get up and run a ski shop. That's my first priority. I have to raise my two children. I have to make sure that my relationship with my husband is solid. <laughs> he and I have to he and I have to run a ski shop first. And then I have to run my you know, support my entrepreneurs with score. I have to write my books. I have to do this. I have to, you know, I have this order of priorities. And if I come up with six ideas before breakfast, before I have my tea in the morning, they better fit into the day that I already have planned. Right. And if not, they're just another dream. 
Well, um, I mean, so one of the things that um, I mean, I'm, I follow all the big kind of CEO type shows on CNBC and all that. Mark Lamonis is one of those that I, I tend to watch quite a bit. And um, one of the things that he says is don't over diversify yourself to the point that you're you're kind of diluting the main product, but you're you're not doing that. I mean, so. Um, well, because I slay my little darlings. Trust me, I would like to. In the morning, I could go six ways to Sunday. I, I mean, I could be, you know, but you have to have the self-discipline to be able to say, no, is this a good idea that's worth pursuing? Or is this something that is going to distract me from what I've already decided to pursue? Right. Well, you have, I mean, you, you found the self-discipline to be able to do that because, uh, a lot of people don't have the discipline, even though the idea is amazing. Cause I know, I know for me, when I have ideas, it's hard not to kind of go hard at it and try and do that kind of stuff. But, um, uh, you know, it's, it's finding that discipline and the fact that you have the confidence as well to kind of the confidence in your, in your peers and the people around you to kind of trust that they know best, maybe, um, just because, um, there's a, a massive, a massive thing that would make me feel like, okay, so why can't I do this? Like, I've already been amazing at all these other things. So screw you, I'm going to do this. <laughs> um, but, um, it's seeing the bigger picture, you know, sometimes it's a lot. It's, you're already doing a lot. Like, do yeah. you, re do you realize you're doing a lot? Is that not? <laughs> yeah, I do. It, there are some days when I wake up and I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm doing a lot, but I love, you know, I, I, there isn't anything that I would take off of my plate. Um, uh, and, and I think that that's, I guess the message for people who are, who have those ideas all in their head is you need to slow it down, focus on what can really legitimately be done, focus on one thing to get things started, and then allow those creative pro, um, um, you know, juices to continue. Um, we have a tendency, um, those of us who are idea generators, have a tendency to get off kilter um, in generating ideas, kind of like it's fun to be in love, right? Mm, right. It isn't always fun to be married, right? Marriage takes work. Marriage takes, you have to show up every day. You have to do the same thing every day. You know, you've got to, you know, it, it, you know, that excitement of being in love and being excited, all that stuff is really energizing well coming up with an idea is really energizing and exciting actually sitting down to make that idea come to fruition and become a business i mean keep in mind our ski shop is second generation it's been in business since 1970. that didn't happen overnight that didn't happen because we came up with a great idea that came that came into fruition because a family worked together all of the challenges that families have to make it work day to day after day mm. and it's hard sometimes yeah it is um well so i think 
I think the biggest thing that needs to happen right now is your amazing mind and everything that you you're doing needs to be broadcast to the world. So um, I'd like you to give your, I, I don't know if you have social media or if you have time for that, considering all the businesses that you have right now. Um, but um, just tell us um, like the website for your snowboarding. Cause Hey, I'm in the Pacific Northwest. I'll definitely shout that from the rooftops. Um, but uh, um, just give us uh, somewhere to connect with you and connect with the business that you have. Um, just because I know my listeners have listened to this entire conversation and the value that you've brought to the podcast is incredible. So I really appreciate you being on. Um, but I really want to also allow my listeners to kind of connect with you after this as well. Well, you're super sweet and I appreciate that. <clears throat> and if they're entrepreneurs and they're interested in connecting with me directly, I am a SCORE uh, uh, mentor and they can go to the SCORE website. Um, and uh, and when, they, when you go onto the SCORE website, it is, uh, you can say connect with a mentor, you can request me directly and I'm, I'm there for you. Um, if you can't do that and you want to reach out to me, we have um, our snowboard, ski and snowboard shop is Willie's Ski and Snowboard. That's W-I-L-L-I-S-S-K-I-A-N-D-B-O-A-R-D.com. And there is a chat app right there. Reaches me pretty much directly. It reaches um, my husband and our uh, uh, GM as well, but for the most part, Nine times out of ten, it's me answering it, um, or you can at least say, "Hey, sure, I heard your podcast. Please, I need help." Um, I also have my own website. Uh, I I uh, have uh, Devadas Solutions um, is dot uh, com is my own personal website, which I offer uh, consulting services. Um, I have a Facebook page under the same name. And if you really are interested in uh, goals, my book, of course, is Get a Grip on Goals, available at uh, Amazon.com. And there is a goals, Get a Grip on Goals uh, Facebook group that uh, I will literally give you hands-on personal attention on helping you achieve whatever goals it is that you have going on. Well, um, that's amazing. Um, I appreciate all those great ways to connect with you. Um, for me, I'm lucky enough to have you as a friend on Facebook, so I'll just hit you up there. Um. Yeah, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm available. I'm not private at all on Facebook. You can definitely, you can totally I'm, creep Yeah, on I, not that I won't, I mean, not that I won't <laughs> check out that other stuff, but um, yeah, anyway. Um, so... Score has a bunch of different meanings. Um, there's 48 different ones. Um, uh, yeah, I'm not even going to try and figure that out. Oh, wait, here we go. Um, nope, it doesn't. So, you know what, Score? You need to work on that because um, it doesn't show the acronym. But uh, that's that. That's awesome. Go beyond me. I'm just a volunteer there. Um, it's part of the Small Business Administration. Um, 
I was trying to be smart before you, by the time you finished. It is score.org, but they don't give the meaning of the acronym, which, um, come on, score, like seriously. I know, right? Um, Score. Uh, Anyway. I I should know, I should know better. And I feel really bad. I know the R is for retired and I'm not. Oh, it's this, um, then, then maybe I did find it. Hold on. It is. Service Corps of Retired Executives. I love it. That's it. Yes. Okay. So I thought that was, I didn't think that was correct. So I just blew over that because I didn't sound like a business thing. But um, there you go. Service Corps of Retired Executives. There's your answer for those of us who were listening all the way to the end to find the answer to that. (laughs) What does score mean? Or somebody already Googled it and it was like, yeah, I already figured that one out. Um, (laughs) Well, so um, Kirsten... Listen, it's been an amazing conversation. Um, I appreciate you being on. It's a full hour and 30 minutes, so one of the longer ones, but I appreciate all my listeners for hanging in there with us. It was a great conversation. Um, Everything that I've learned from you today is incredible, so I really appreciate you being on the podcast. Um, It's just always great connecting with great minds like yourself. Um, Your your businesses are very um, awesome and to be completely transparent with you, I am going to shout your your snowboarding stuff from the rooftops just because I'm in the Pacific Northwest and if I can generate any kind of business for you, um, it'll be it'll be awesome because um, we have people. Well, I mean, it's not snowboarding season right now, but um, when it is, yeah, 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 for sure, one hundred percent. So that being said, it has been another pretty awesome um episode of the unscripted perspective um thank you all for listening it has it's always great um having your listenership um i appreciate every one of you um also big shout out i know i've already thanked you before but um getting recognized and listened to so much that hollywood digest has called this podcast the um sizzling hot entertainment pick for the summer so um i appreciate all of you guys for 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 doing that um but as i always say go with grace and um we will catch you all again next week with another amazing guest thank you so much for listening and be sure to leave us a rating or review on your favorite listening platform Be sure to keep in touch with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Unscripted Perspective. Or you can visit us at www.theunscriptedperspective.com. I've really spoken too much. Well, I suppose I have addressed quite a few things because we've had some mental health conversations before on the show. But um, even for me, um, you know, I was in Ireland for many reasons one of which was my parents um and you know um facing your parents mortality um dealing with some things that maybe you didn't want to deal with um or that you weren't really psychologically prepared to deal with even though you went with the the best of intentions um it's it's a big eye-opener like i've i've been to the doctor i've sat down in front of uh, a general practitioner during COVID and I've said, I don't know why, but this is how I feel. And 
legitimately like I've never kind of dealt with those feelings before so it was really like what is going on right now because this fog that I keep feeling and you know the fog that I'm speaking of is depression and a lot of people feel that felt that kind of go through it on a daily basis don't realize what it is um there are an alarming numbers as far as undiagnosed depression out there and it's because you know we kind of um i know me personally growing up it's like ah come on just ah you're grand go on like keep going you're you're just in a funk it's it's just because it's raining don't worry about it like just keep going or um you're not what do you you don't know what depression is will you stop why would you be depressed about? Sure, you have a roof over your head, and the bills are paid, and what are you talking about? Like that's that's Ireland. That's you know, um, and just as a shocking statistic, Ireland has the highest rate of male suicide in the world based off its population. So that in itself tells you so many stories and so many things that. Mental health has become the top subject material out there for a reason. It's because people need this this um, outreach from people who are now going, hey, I have a way that you can feel better. Like, come and talk to me. Whether it's you, whether it's uh, somebody else who has a different product or reasoning or way of thinking or whatever it's become like one of the biggest industries ever so fast and it's not even medical it's a lot of it is like just like you're not a doctor but hey you know what people are going through so you've devised a way or come up with ways and studied different things to combat the the feelings and the struggles that people go through like you talk about anxiety. I suffer from anxiety in, in times that I don't understand why. Like, it's like panic. It's not so much, um, I can't even identify the situations that I actually get anxiety, but I know when it's happening. And it's not a fun feeling at all. It's like, what is going on right now? This is not even a situation I should be worried about. Like, I do this on a daily basis. Why is this a thing? And it just hits you, and then you just have to... Now, I've learned how to ride the wave, and I'm a lucky one because my anxiety, so I combated my anxiety with social interaction. So I've, I'm a talker. This is why I do what I do with the podcast. I love meeting new people. When I first started, the anxiety I had before a show was incredible. It was like, because I did stand-up comedy for seven years, so... I would have that same anxiety. So it was literally like I was about to open the curtain. And so the reason just before the show, um, I'm in the room. I have my camera off. I have my mic off. I let you come in. The camera and everything, everything's open on my side. And I take my time and I sit down. I'm like, I take a breath. I turn on my camera, turn on my mic, and we introduce each other. That's exactly it. That's how I've combated it. That's my process. That's how I digest everything. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, how did, you, how did you become a public speaker? How did you deal with this? I'm like, I didn't become anything. I just learned how to, 
I learned how to get over stuff because I didn't have what is available today. You know, like the, the stuff that people are coming up with and the offerings and all the stuff that now has become common. Like when it's no different to going to see a guidance counselor or a relationship counselor or whatever before you would say that like a marriage counselor, for example, you would say that. And it was like, Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. Why? Oh my goodness. Is it like, are you, are you going to have a door? It's like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Now, now everybody does it. And it's a regular thing because it's, something that is normal it's like hey let's learn how to communicate better and we're not going to do that ourselves so let's go and speak to this person because they're going to mediate better than your mom or your dad will because <laughs> like literally that's that's your options or your friend who then it becomes well they were your friend before we got together so they're going to be biased and it's just it just deletes that little wall so you're you're now doing stuff admittedly more expensive than you normally would, but you know, it's things that help you get over the hurdles. So like for, for your instance, like how is it that you, um, I suppose in your, what's your day to day? Like if I came to see you about, and I just said, okay, this is what I'm going through. How would you, how would you first address it? Like, give me kind of a rundown of how that day or that meeting would go.
Wow. I mean, um, it always baffles me whenever I have somebody that's um, dealing or involved in mental health in on the show because, like, legitimately there's a new take or another perspective, quote-unquote, without trying to be too corny because of the name of the show or anything, um, like a new perspective on just how to deal with whatever you're going through. And like you're talking about like muscle um like muscle memory and and finding how people react by pushing your shoulder or what I'm just like, what? Like one how how did you even like are you just sitting there one day and you go, wait a minute, I'm feeling like oh or it's just it's just madness. It's like you, you sit there as a as a normal human being um, witnessing greatness happen in you, for example, and your the accomplishments that you've made and everything that you've overcome and the ways you help people and an ordinary Joe Schmo like myself is sitting here going, Wow, like you're you're basically helping people because you found a way to get over your your struggles and then studied this, 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 give us a list. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to make this a business and I'm going to be successful and I'm going to get over my struggles and then I'm going to help people as a business. Like how, like what inspired you to do that first of all? Because legitimately most people in, in mental health issues are grateful to get past their own struggles, let alone help anyone else do their struggles. You know what I mean? It's like, it's blowing people's minds that like people who are like yourself are going out there going, Hey, this is how I got over it. I'm not a doctor. I didn't get a degree in neurophysiology or any of that stuff, but I am going to make your life better by you doing this. Like that's just, again, it's just inspiring.
Right. Right. Jesus.
Right. Right. Wow. Um, so that really, I guess, well, I'm sitting down, but it would have made me sit down, I guess. Um, it kind of floored me, the whole story. Um, just um, hearing that in your mother's womb, like, what? Sorry. Uh, yeah. Um, so, I mean, <clears throat> I think the hardest thing to kind of acknowledge in that situation is it's, it's, wasn't in your control it, regardless you know it was part it's part of your existence but it's not really part of your quote-unquote life that you know and so many people are going around just going hey like i don't know what's going on i don't know why i don't know why i'm like this i don't have this answer i don't have that answer they've spent thousands of dollars on anything you just pick a subject and really what you're saying is that it may not have even happened while you were walking around or crawling or you know having a baby's bottle i don't know <laughs> whatever you know right Right. I mean, for me personally, I think, um, I mean, I'm going through that right now with just figuring out what I want to do professionally or otherwise. Like, um, I'm working, um, but uh, in my own head, I'm like, it's not a forever job. It's not something that I want to hang my hat on uh, and say, yeah, when I turn 58, um, yeah, my kid's going to look at me and I'm going to be wearing the same uniform. I'm going to be doing the same thing. It's, I don't, I don't think that's going to be the case. Um, but it's finding out or figuring out what it is that you kind of want to do. And if it is something that's attainable or 
how it is attainable. Like for me, I'd love to help people. Um, I've actually got certified as a life coach, but um, having the confidence and the, I suppose, the know-how to navigate that world without completely getting lost in it and giving, God forbid, uh, bad advice. <laughs> You're just like, oh no. Like, uh, yeah. Um, or words to that effect and just you're you're just kind of what is you know so um, while that is one path um, now I'm writing a children's book because um, writing is something that I love um, I'd love to be a copywriter but that is another thing that is a world I'm not familiar with so it's like you're there's so many things that I'd love to do but it's what's attainable, what I can achieve right now, what I can touch on that isn't 4,000 or 6,000 or means that I have to completely stop earning the money that I need to exist. Like, um, I think that is, I've had this conversation actually with a couple of other people and it's like, I think that is what holds people back the most is, yeah, I'd love to do this, but I can't do this without quitting what I'm doing and I have to provide for my family. So if I quit what I'm doing, then I can't provide for my family. There, therein lies the issue. So it's like you're trapped in this entrepreneurial fear of, um, I suppose, taking that step, but also um, stepping away from what you feel your social or just existing responsibilities are like i mean as a father i have to pay, make sure i pay the bills um my wife actually earns more than me now which um is a is a private uh uh thing that kills me inside but also i'm proud proud of as well because she's worked really hard to get to where she is but it makes me realize that, hey, maybe I need to start looking at other things. Maybe I need to start pushing a little harder at, at the, the points that maybe I could do better at. Like, so when you were talking about like um, looking at the things that maybe um, psychologically are holding you back as an entrepreneur or just as a human being, just walking around, just doing normal stuff. Um, I mean, I resonate with that 100% because it is a daily struggle. Like, I think everybody hears that alarm in the morning and goes, I really don't want to go where I have to today. Um, that's not what I want to do today. It's not what I want to do ever. But if I don't, the lights aren't going to turn on. The rent isn't going to get paid. The house is probably not going to be ours. So I guess, I guess I'm going to go and be miserable for eight hours. So, um, yeah, I mean, I would love, I would absolutely adore if this podcast would make tons of money for me, but it's not why I do it. It's connecting with people like you and telling your story that really enables me to help people vicariously, thereby kind of me, because I'm not really doing life coaching or anything. So it's like, hey... Well, hey, I had Katie on and she was able to tell everyone that how to be better at being human. So technically I help people a little bit. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, um, I, I think I'm just coming up with excuses. But quite honestly, you know, um, 
what gets me out of bed every morning right now is my kids. Um, quite literally, um, uh, Rory gets up at six, five thirty, six o'clock. Daddy making breakfast. Okay, cool. And then I'm off to work. So it's like, but um, we talked about um, briefly. You know, he he really has inspired me because he loves books. He loves uh, reading. Um, even though he can't read, he loves the, the idea of reading. So it's something that we're working on right now. He starts school on Monday, um, or daycare, preparing for elementary school. Um, after a long struggle of trying to find um, just care that was affordable, we found somewhere amazing. Um, so that's exciting for him. But what inspires me is the fact that he loves what I do for him, which is reading books. and reading stories and hearing stories so at night we we tell stories we listen to stories on our alexa like we put on um audibles or whatever is going um or his own podcast which um he came up with himself because he just couldn't bear the thought of his friends not having a story read to them at night so um yeah it was it chokes me up talking about it a lot of the time because it really is his as much as i've helped him do it it's him it's he's the intro he he hears the stories he hears the books or reads the books um he's done the intro he's picked the music he introduces this the the podcast and he says thank you for listening at the end and that was all a little project we did in one day and now when the books come we read them and there's been a huge 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 um interest in it because of just what it is you know promoting literacy uh, literacy literacy in um kids is huge um so yeah that's what kind of gets me out of bed in the morning is just he's given me new motivation because i've now reached out to um local libraries uh we're actually doing doing a partnership with them now so the 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 authors are sending physical copies of their books to me that we will donate after reading the book so thereby they're going to be circulated in the library system and kids who are listening to the podcast can actually read along if they go and pick out the book or they can go buy the book on Amazon or whatever they want to do and that's that's kind of paying it forward and giving these independent authors the limelight that they deserve because creating is another amazingly huge step to make and putting your thing out into the world is an anxiety ridden journey that you like it's just incredible so i love to help anyone doing that process because i've gone through it with this podcast i go through it daily with his podcast and so just giving back and helping trying to help like you kind of what you're doing but um it's finding what you're good at and trying to like if i could do that monetize that and make that my career i would be the happiest man alive but unfortunately i get up at 6:30 6 in the morning and i'm gone at the door and i'm back in 10 hours and i'm putting him to bed telling him stories and out doing recording uh, meeting great people like you and just trying to start this all over again you know so
I, I hope so. I do hope so. I do hope so. I mean, it's, um, I didn't, uh, I don't think I divulged this since we've spoken because we booked, um, uh, for my listeners, I booked uh, almost two months in advance because it is incredibly difficult laying out great guests every single time. And while, yes, there's amazing people out there, it's hard to find Katie's out there. So um, I'm very lucky to be booked so much in advance. But since we first spoke, I've actually been recognized by Hollywood Digest. So um, that is a massive, like, I'm not going to lie, I kind of shed a tear of joy when I got that message because I send these podcasts out into the world. And I mean, I get feedback, but it's always amazing to get feedback like that so like i always say um the listenership happens naturally i don't do a lot of promotion um i am absolutely useless with social media so um guests along the way this year have been giving me tips and pointers on how to grow my instagram and god help me for saying threads uh <laughs> following um but it is, uh, it, it is a project that I'm working on right now to do better at that. But um, it's, it's become a journey for me. So that is my goal this year is to be better at that. But um, I'm, I'm just lucky to connect with people like you. Like a lot of the guests that I have, like, for example, my f- the first 30, 40 episodes, um, I stopped for maybe two years because... Um, of the whole COVID thing, traveling internationally. I was in Ireland, didn't have a lot of internet, was living with my parents for a short amount of time. Just navigating that whole world was just, um, it was challenging. I had a one, almost two-year-old that came with me and we were trying to make sure that he was good. And there was just so many other priorities for me. But um, people that I met along the way through this podcast actually stayed connected. Paul Fortune, um, you know, Ryan Stanley, two amazing life coaches for anyone who's interested in that world, um, really just befriended me and reached out. Um, and um, among others, like, the, I mean, um, Eileen Shapiro, who basically has made this podcast what it is today by giving me amazing talent as well um, to come on the podcast. She's a PR agent that I met accidentally on Facebook. <laughs> it was like, like kind of like you, it's just things just, you, you're just, Oh, click, 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 click. And then somebody sends you a message and you're like, Holy crap, this is um, cool. And you just vibe. And you know, we've, we're now um, we're almost family, I would say, because the way we talk to each other. <laughs> so it's like, um, it's just an amazing relationship, but it's like you said, it's sometimes you just got to wait for those doors to kind of, open or um somebody to knock on a door or kind of lead you in that path because you're not the first person to say that those little pieces can click together and eventually they will but um it's uh it's finding ways to navigate that world and figure out how to do that in a way that really makes it possible for me to do it full time because that is my end game is to be able to do that is to help people to be home when the kids need me um charlotte my my almost two-year-old who two turning god almost 18 it feels like she gives me so much attitude 
Um, but yeah, just I'm I'm grateful because this is out there. Like these podcasts are forever. This is my legacy. When if God forbid anything should ever happen, the kids will always be able to listen to these podcasts and hear daddy talking to amazing minds and learning and figuring out how what what kind of priorities I have in my life. So um yeah, I'm just inspired by people like you and that's kind of why I do this. No. No. Right, right. It never is. Yeah, we kept putting it off, putting it off, putting it off. And you know what? I'm glad that we didn't put it off any longer because, like you said, it's you're never ready. No, for those who are listening, you're never whatever you're trying to do, you're never ready. Stop saying I'll do it when I'm ready because you're just step outside that box. Just push yourself. Um, I've um, my friends come to me for advice all the time. People I um, colleagues have come to me for advice all the time, and it's always the same thing. It's guys, you're never ready. It doesn't matter. Like you just need to step outside that box. And so, um, kind of bringing it back and circling it around to you. What's the future for you? What are you focusing on now? Like, um, what can we look forward to? And obviously, you're going to be on Dragon's Den. Hello, my favorite show ever. I don't know how we've gone a whole podcast without ever mentioning it. You said it like once, and I and I never kicked that door down, which I promised myself I would. Um, the Canadian uh, Dragon's Den, which is the equivalent to, I guess, if you're in the UK, Dragon's Den, it's not really any different. It's just different uh, dragons. Um, for anyone listening in the US, it's Shark Tank. So, um, yeah, I mean, congratulations, first of all, because that's an amazing achievement just getting on there. Um, you're like just the fact that because I know there's a bunch of loopholes, there's application processes there's a wait list there's all this stuff and you made it on there so congratulations for that um i won't ask any questions about whether you got the deal i won't ask questions about anything of that nature because the episode hasn't even aired yet but just well done i mean that's amazing that's an that's an amazing achievement just being able to be recognized whether you walk down the the I, i'm trying to remember the entry or the the beginning of dragon's den canada because every one of them is so different it's like the uk one you're getting on a uh, on an elevator lift for those in the uk and you just you're going up and you you're standing in front of these people that smile and you're just like i'm so petrified right now yeah
Is it launched? Ooh. Awesome, awesome. Looking forward to it. Well, as soon as as soon as um you can release app details and all that kind of stuff, um I'll be happy to share it on my social media that I'm working on rigorously trying to to build. Uh but yeah, I will definitely share it with the people who are listening um because Look, Katie, if I was a shark or if I was a dragon, you'd have my money. Although I'm not sure how much I have at this present moment, but uh, it isn't much. But you have it for sure, because uh, just this this whole podcast has been an absolute pleasure. Um, you're a wonderful mind and a wonderful person. So I appreciate you being on the show um, for those who just want to keep tabs on you and don't have to necessarily want to keep tabs on me. Um, what? kind of social media presence have you got have you got a website where can we kind of follow you or stalk you if that is a another is that is that a better term uh, are, are we threads now are we facebook are we instagramming it are we tweeting i don't even i think i'm just going to kill my twitter account after threads today but there you go Yes, that is a big differentiator. My wife will shoot me if I don't help you with that one because hers is K-A-T-E-Y. Yeah, just uh, I love surrounding myself uh, myself with um, Katie's that have cool sounding, or not sounding, but cool spelling names, I should say. Um, so yeah, for for those who want to uh, what is it, uh, Google you after this, um, I will have her correct spelling in the description, 100%. I'll cheat and I'll give you a link to um, anything that is her social media, just so it'll make it easier for you guys, because I know that the name itself is daunting, even though it's original. Um, but I'm just going to boast and say your name again, Katie Romagnolo. Yeah, look at that. I'm just, it's just so easy to say. Once you say it once, it's like, it's like riding a bike. It's great. Um, so, um, um, thank you once again. Um, it has been an absolute pleasure. I know we kind of, uh, a little bit over the hour mark, but, um, you being in Canada and a little bit later, I appreciate you staying up to the, to the wee hours of the morning to talk to me. Um, so, uh, thank you once again. It has been an absolute pleasure. Um, for my listeners, this has been another awesome episode of the Unscripted Perspective. Um, as always, um, go forth with grace and I will speak to you again soon. We'll have another amazing guest next week. And um, yeah, hopefully another amazing story because I don't know how we follow this, honestly, because uh, <laughs> Katie, Katie has just blown the casket the basket, whatever, whatever it is, wide open. Now I have to follow this. I'm gonna have to rearrange 
how things are releasing now, like the work that I have to put in now is unreal, but I'm so grateful because it was such an amazing night. So thank you again. All right, guys, yet again, um, have a wonderful time wherever you are. We'll chat again soon. Thank you so much for listening and be sure to leave us a rating or review on your favorite listening platform. Be sure to keep in touch with us on Facebook and Instagram at The Unscripted Perspective. Or you can visit us at www.theunscriptedperspective.com. Come on.